Have your boarding passes ready. Take a seat by the window and recline your chair. The mothership is about to take flight. We will go behind the scenes of the Poetic Earthlings podcast and discover the creative process at work. Each show is unscripted, candid, and will equip you with the resources you need to be a creative earthling. Say goodbye to your conventional way of thinking and your three-dimensional reality. Here is your captain, York Campbell. Do you remember this show? And this is American Idol. Of course you did. You had Simon Cowell. He was the bully. A little bit mean and rough around the edges. He told you exactly what was on his mind. Then you had the sweetheart, Paula Abdul. She wanted to be everyone's best friend. And last but not least, you had Randy Jackson. He was a cool dude. He told everyone, yo dog, that Randy Jackson. American Idol drew people in. Everyone loved the show. Because everyone got to see how wild and crazy contestants could be. They're all trying to find their voice. That's what they're trying to do. Find their voice. And the judges were trying to find that person, that individual, that could be the next idol, the next big hit, the thing. So there was different stages that they did. Because they didn't want to just pick any random Jill and Jill or Joe to be on that stage. No, they were very, very specific. They wanted the person to be the complete package altogether. Not just within their voice, but their attitude as well, because they could always find a really good singer. They're out there. But they wanted the person to have a, a, a great personality as well. So this took a while. This episode that you're listening to right now is called Will the Real You Please Stand Up? When I say the real you, I mean the real voice. Because there's a lot of people out there that are doing exactly what you're doing. Are you writing stories? Are you painting? Are you a photographer? People are doing the exact same thing that you're doing. You're not unique in that sense of the word. But if you hone in on something, then we could find you. We could figure that out. So these are what I call four steps, four key elements at finding your voice. Step number Anna. the audition. I think the best part of American Idol was the audition. I mean, people loved seeing these guys get on stage doing their thing. Everyone watched it, especially the first season. The first season was the best. I mean, it's hard to beat the first one. You had a whole bunch of people, especially 
The ones that I really, really enjoyed, I mean, just the train wrecks. You got to admit, I mean, the train wrecks, those ones were funny. Those ones were the, were the people that thought that they are the best thing since sliced bread because they could sing beautifully in their showers. So they came on stage, some of them not even prepared, some of them so full of themselves that their vocals, they thought, were just going to blow the judges away. They're going to get their golden ticket and, and their claim to fame. When they didn't get their ticket, some of them were, had a fit of rage. Camera followed them backstage and they're throwing things around. They were throwing their middle fingers to the camera and a whole bunch of profanity proceeded. So with us, when we're finding our voice, we kind of have to go through an audition practice. What I mean by this is that before I started the podcast, I had to think, well, what angle am I going to do it? How is it going to be? How am I going to sound? There's a lot of people that do exactly what I do. How am I going to be different? It took a while. It really did. When I started out, I was listening to other podcasts similar to this one. And so I said, well, do I really want to sound like that? You know, when you start off, you kind of copy what's been done before. You try not to, but you sort of do because, you know, you these people have made it. Their shows have lasted a long time, so you want to do the same thing. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna play for you uh, a couple of uh, what I call my auditions. These are things that were in my mind at the time of how I wanted to present myself to the audience because. Again, I was listening to a different podcast and they were successful doing their thing. So I was trying to find my voice. All right, here, I'm going to hit the play button for you. This is one of them. Yo, yo, what's up? This is York from the Point of Griffins podcast. Good to see you all. Yo, holla at me. Ha ha. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we have a live show today, man. We're going to lay down some poetry. Or there is this one. Listen to this. Well, you see here that uh, T.S. Eliot in this particular verse was talking about the contrast between morality and the, uh, the illusion of morality when he said these lines. Now, now it is something to, to... As you could see, I was playing around with different ideas. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So just like American Idol, when they come on stage, they, they were auditioning. That's what they were doing. They were trying out different things. Now, albeit they should have tried out, some of these guys should have tried out these things before they went on stage so that they don't make a fool of themselves. I was trying out these things as well, but I was also trying out these things while I was recording the actual podcast. The early ones were rough. They're always going to be rough because you're brand new. You don't know exactly what you're doing. You're a copying other people's material. You're kind of stumbling along, trying to grasp for words. Everything is just brand new. You know, there's this one show that I used to listen to, and I still do from time to time. It's the Poetry Foundation. These guys have been around for literally over 100 years. Obviously, not their podcast, but the Poetry Foundation itself, the magazine, their 
their organization. On the show, you have different poets and they will read poetry. Very simple, very simple show. So I, I listened to it. I was trying to get their style and that was making poetic earthlings kind of based off of that. That was that was my my template. I, I did it for a while and then I got a little bit bored. I said, you know what? Yeah, this is fine, I guess. You know, I'm reading my poetry. I sound like those guys from the Poetry Foundation. But I started to lean in a different way. And then I listened to some other poets out there. You know, those slam poetry, those guys. I listened to them and they were pretty good. Can I really do that? I tried it a little bit on my earlier shows. It didn't really sound all that authentic. So I I quickly abandoned that. And I listened to a whole bunch of NPR. Their podcasts are really good. But I didn't quite sound like those guys from NPR. They were polished, smooth, flawless. But I wasn't polished. I was a little bit rough and a little bit too quirky to be on NPR. So then I had to figure out, well, who am I? This takes a lot of soul searching. It really does. It takes you being alone with your thoughts. You remember what I said before about Fortress of Solitude? Uh, sometimes we need our little bit of Fortress of Solitude at times to figure out what we're doing and who we are. And that took some time. Over 400 episodes, and then finally I said, okay, I found it. This is the one. So I encourage you to do the same thing as I did. Audition. Test. Be a scientist. Put things in, in, in little tubes. Write. Draw. If you don't like it, scrap it. Start again. Do many drafts. Approach your work in the first person, second person narrative. Do obscure drawings. Take pictures in, in, in black and white. Take pictures upside down. Just do different things. Play around with the artwork, with the art form. Surprise yourself. Draw outside of the lines. When you do that, when you deliberately do that, and you're, you're cautious, you're careful, you're listening, you're going to become a more creative person. You just naturally will be. And then you're going to see a pattern. You're going to see that, okay, I'm, I'm leaning more to this style. Let me explore it. That's what I did. I was tending to lean more to a particular pattern. So I followed my instinct. You need to do the same as well. Step number Feel. semi-finalist. Naturally, when the show progressed after the audition, there was the semi-finalist. The show started off with over 100 people wanted to be the the next big thing. Then they finally narrowed it down to 20 people. I think these were the, the semi-finalists were 20 of them, 10 boys, 10 girls. When you're trying to find your voice, you need to narrow things down. I think the judges at the time, when they were narrowing things down, they were looking at deeper things, not just the voice. The voice is the big thing. 
You may say, well, isn't that the whole game right there? The whole thing is the voice, the clarity, the angelic nature of it? No, that's not the biggest thing. It's a part of it. And some would argue, well, isn't the the big thing stage presentation? The way that the contestant moves around on the stage and captures your attention. It's a part of it but not the whole thing. And then some will argue that it's all about the personality. You have to be this warm, witty, charismatic individual. It's a personality. That's what they're looking for. Not really. That's also a part of it. What Randy, Simon, and Paula was looking for was a full person. All the elements that I just mentioned, into one individual. Then that person will move on to become the finalist. So when you're auditioning, when you're trying to find your authentic voice as an artist, narrow things down. Build for yourself a criterion and say, does this voice pass the test? Whatever test you build up. Again, you are in control of what you're doing. And if it passes the test, if it's charismatic in nature, engaging, good personality, good tone, good sense of timing, then that one's in. If it fails, then that one's out. It's as simple as that. You build for yourself a criterion and allow certain voices in. And that's how you get to your your finalist. Again, I had to do the same thing. I got to my finalists. I boiled down and I said, how was my show going to be like? How was my my books, my poetry going to be like? What style, what elements am I going to include? That's something for you to think about when you're building your craft. Audition is one thing. And the semi-finalist is another. Step number three. Las Vegas. Eventually, the show moves on and they get their ticket. Now, I could be mixing up different shows here because I, I watch not only the American Idol, but So You Think You Could Dance and a couple of other shows. The thing about these shows is that once all the additions is over and the semifinals is over, then they go on to the big event. The big event is down to around five contestants. They're there to battle it out to see who could be the next American Idol. By the way, we had a Canadian version of American Idol. I'm not sure if you watched it. We Canadians, when we're looking at our own things, our movies and TV shows, we're very critical. I'm a very critical watcher. And when I was watching American or the Canadian Idol, I was saying, this judge is no Randy. He's no Paula. He's no Simon. What happened? What about the lights on the stage? It doesn't look as good as the American show. Again, I was very critical of my own Canadian talent. But let's go back to the point here. After the semifinalists, they were just a few of them battling out on stage. 
when you find your your contestants, you have to let them battle it out. This might sound really, really weird. All right, so just hang on there. Sometimes I do that. I, I may do an episode, one of my earlier shows, and in a different way, different timing, different kind of music, different pattern, different attitude. And then the next show is a completely different show. So if you're listening, you're like, well, what happened? You had this show. I was in the groove, you know, like really deep down dive into the groove of things. And then you have another show where I'm just completely lost my marbles. It's deliberate. I'm trying to find me. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my own head so I could communicate it to you. I suggest that you do the same as well. When you have five different styles, voices, figure out which one is the best one. Have them duke it out. Battle it out on stage. That's the best thing to do. Once you do that, once you duke it out, once you battle, then there's only going to be one voice that stands up from amongst them all. There can't be many of them. There's going to be one. Some people may think, well, I could have different styles. I could be multi-talented. Of course you can be, but you have to specialize in one thing. Hone in on one particular thing that makes you stand out. That's what some of the famous rappers and singers of the past If they were just all about everything, they wouldn't really stand out. It was just that one particular thing. I'm just thinking of this right now as I'm talking to you. Do you remember this rapper by the name of Shock G, better known as Humpty? He was a part of a rap group called Digital Underground. But out of the group and out of probably any rapper at that time, he stood out the most. He had a plastic kind of nose. He he wore this. He looked ridiculous but he wore a plastic nose protruding from his face. His rap style was up and down all over the place. It was just the most unusual rap style. The way that he dressed as well, it caught your attention. He was unique. People didn't just watch him or or go to his performances just to hear him rap, but it was a whole package. No one was like Humpty Hump. In his videos, the way that he moved his body, his facial responses, he knew how to, how to entertain. If Humpty Hump was just doing a whole bunch of different styles, he wouldn't stand out. We'll just look at him and say, well, okay, he's doing this. His next performance, he's changed. He was consistent. He was consistently doing one thing. We need to do the same as well. It's fine for us to to play around with different styles. Of course it is. We need to. But also we need to hone in. That was difficult for me to do. Because I'm a person that I like different things. I like to listen to all different types of music, watch different types of movies. I'm a bit of, of everything. But I can't be everything to everyone. So I have to choose. 
choosing is hard at times. You got to throw away the things that are sort of okay and only taking the things that are the best. I suggest you do the same thing and declare the winner. There is a final step though. Step number Refiner's Fire. Now, once you've crowned the winner and you feel comfortable with your voice, it doesn't stop it there. Some people may think, okay, well, I found my voice and I'm just going to ride this home and this is all that I'm going to do. Well, that's to their detriment. It really is. You always have to refine. You have to refine it and go to to even deeper levels. I did this for myself when I was writing a whole bunch of stories and poetry. I was on one level because I I found my voice when it comes to storytelling. But then I just wasn't fully satisfied with it. I went down to another level. I went down to asking myself really, really frightening questions and, and waiting desperately for the answer. And then I went even further to another deeper level. I kept on going down to, I think, about three or four levels. We need to do the same with our talent. We need to keep on refining it. That's what they used to do in the olden days when they're making swords and different things. A blacksmith was, he, he was a refiner. So the elements were laid out and all the all, all the alloys, all the impurities was burnt up into the fire. Not everything was destroyed, but it was burnt up so that what happened is all the good things remained. He purified it. He purified the silver. He purified the gold and the steel. And what was left was only the best parts. We need to purify things, purify our voice, our art. That's going to take brutal honesty. It's going to take us saying that, okay, what is my best traits? What are the things that really stands out? And what are the things that are lacking? The things that are lacking, you want to refine. You want to get rid of those things. So what you're left with is the best thing, is the sharpest instrument, is the strongest representation of you. But this doesn't come easy. It comes with a lot of fear, anxiety. When you're refining things, it's painful. All art, I think the really good art, the art that stands out the most, the artist is always in pain. To give birth to something, to have something mean something to other people, takes a while. It takes you being willing to to go through suffering for your art, to really go through it, to go through those dark places, to stretch yourself beyond your measure, to grasp for things that are almost too lofty for you, to push yourself, to go the extra mile. When you do that, there's going to be pain. Your arms, your legs, just like just as if you're working out in the gym, lifting weights. You're going to feel it. It's going to be sore. This reminds me of the marathon that I ran a couple of years ago. I signed up for it, gave my money, and was preparing for the big race. 
This was a race with thousands of people. I said to myself, I'm not in it to win the marathon, to become first place. I just want to be a part of it. I just want to experience it. I was all psyched up, ready to go, and I got my uniform, and they even gave me a a name tag with a number. Felt all official and everything like that. But when I got there, when I finally got to the race, it was a little bit intimidating. I'm not going to lie to you. There was some incredible athletes out there. They fired the pistol gun and started running. Not even halfway in it, I said to myself, what am I doing here? I felt my bones. I felt some aches and pains. Kind of felt like giving up. I didn't. I kept on going and kept on running. Then it started to rain. I was listening to my headphones at the time, getting myself into the groove. But my wireless headphones, they just, they wasn't waterproof. So they conked out. So I was running and tired. My legs felt like jello. My insides was burning. I had no music to listen to. I felt a little bit miserable, but I just kept on running. By the way, a lot of people were passing me by. Again, there's some really good athletes out there. I was nowhere close to being not even 100th place. I ran and I kept on going. And I passed the finish line. Let me tell you, it was a huge relief just to pass it. Just before I passed the finish line, I said to myself, I'm never going to do this again. This is crazy. And I was beating myself up as I was running. I said, York, look what you've got yourself into. This is just a nutty idea. But when I passed the finish line, when I got to the end, I said, you know what? I feel like doing that again. What am I, crazy? I nearly dropped dead, but I wanted to go back and do it again. But that's what it feels like when when you're tested. An artist goes through pain. They go through sweat. They bleed for their craft. To think that you're not going to go through pain and sweat and agony, you're going to create your magna opus, it's really a naive thought. It really is. I kind of wish I could get through life without being scarred and have everything handed to me, live on easy street. But it doesn't work that way. It never does. And really, the more scars you have, uh, the more stories you could tell. The more trials you have, the more wisdom you will attain. So those are my four steps of finding your voice. Or, as I said, will the real you please stand up? Now I have Eminem in my mind. So that's about it, my friend. Step number... The audition. Step number semi finalist. Step number Las Vegas. Step number refiner's fire. And I just want to say one other thing to you it's important to be a movement, not a monument. Monuments stay in one place, they don't move. Thank you for listening. 
I really appreciate you tuning in all the time to listen to this show. Do me one favor. Tell somebody else about this show, The Mothership, and also our main show, Poetic Earthlings. Spread the word. That's the best way for this podcast to attract new listeners. Thank you for your time. You could have been listening to so many other things, but you decided to listen to me. I really appreciate you. This is York, south of the 49th parallel. I'll talk to you soon.